0: And tonight is study number three. And we're going to continue reading the first verse. And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. And we've looked at um, certain aspects of this statement of God, and uh, we've seen that it really is uh, this whole parable is given by god to the people of god as an encouragement to them as they enter into the last stage of earth's history into the time of the end of the world this passage has application especially during the great tribulation and the day of judgment where the people of god um, are are currently finding themselves living on the earth in the day of judgment we looked at god's uh command that that uh, we ought always to pray now let's look at the last part of verse 1 uh that says and not to faint always pray not faint and uh god is uh basically indicating that prayer continual prayer will help not to faint and on the other hand uh if you um let go of prayer or uh ignore prayer and 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 uh just do not pray then it, we would we would think, based on the statement, that it leads to fainting. That prayer is a help to the child of God in order that they not faint. And of course, you know we haven't talked about this, but we read in Romans chapter eight where the Lord um, gives us a very helpful verse that uh, is further encouraging to us concerning prayer and, uh, and the ability of the child of God to continually pray even when they have no ability to pray. It says in Romans 8, verse 26, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered, and he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. so God is saying that the spirit helps our infirmities, our weaknesses our Our failures, our feet of clay, that, as, uh, we're still in, in these sin-cursed bodies, and, uh, we're, we're still able to be deceived, therefore, in our minds and, and in our thinking, and, and we might get discouraged and cast down and say, what's the use in despair or in dismay, and we, we might, uh, a turn from prayer and yet the Spirit, the Spirit, God says, makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And, and so as God has given a new heart and a new Spirit to the child of God, the elect individual that has already been saved and, and the Holy Spirit indwells that person, There is a continuing, constant prayer being made unto God on their behalf, and and as that um, child of God comes to God in in prayer, maybe they can't form the words. Maybe they they don't know what to pray. What can I pray, O Lord? It's it's judgment day. The door is shut. I desire salvation for my children. I desire salvation for my neighbor. I desire the best for them. What can I pray? And yet the, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, can make intercession, even when we don't know what to pray. And for a time we didn't know what to pray. But by God's grace, He has opened our understanding to see that we can still pray for people regarding salvation as long as we are recognizing what God has done. And we're praying, O Lord, I know you shut heaven's door on May 21, 2011 and are no longer saving people, and yet I don't know what you have done in the lives of of these people. Uh, because uh, the Bible tells me that you saved a great multitude from around the world and in all the various nations before you ended your salvation program. And just just as before, I never knew who the elect were to be saved. Now, I do not know who the elect are that were saved. And therefore, when I pray for a son or a daughter of... Or a neighbor, I pray, having had mercy, that is, I realize your mercy would have had to have been bestowed in the past before you, um, you closed the door to heaven before you, you stopped saving people. So I'm recognizing that, oh, oh Lord, having had mercy before May 21, 2011, have mercy. That is, could it be that this person is someone you have already saved? And if it's so, may it become evident. May you um, show forth the fruits of the Spirit in that individual. May they be drawn by the Word of God because they have a new heart. And they have a new spirit. And And for whatever reason, I don't know. Uh, up until now, they have not been drawn to your word, nor attracted by it. But I pray, because this prayer you permit, I pray, Father, for them. Having had mercy, have mercy. And if today I don't see any activity or any movement towards God, towards his word, then tomorrow God permits the same prayer. And and we can keep praying and praying. Without in, continually coming to God, praying to Him, and men ought always to pray and, and yet comes that day, oh, what's the use? What's the use? I, I don't feel like praying and what does it matter if I do pray? I, I prayed for Him before May 21, 2011 and it didn't seem to have any effect and I, I've prayed for Him even Throughout this period of time and it hasn't had any effect and I don't see any change. What's the use? I'll just throw up my hands and, and I'll stop praying. No, no, no. Men ought always to pray. Keep praying. You, you already recognize God is good and gracious and kind and a God that is far above um anything in his in his kindness, anything we could have previously thought or imagined that he would permit prayer in the day of judgment, and so if God permits the prayer and he encourages us here in Luke eighteen to continue to pray, then who are we to say what God can or cannot do? Who are we to say that that God um, cannot show forth the salvation He has already wrought in uh, in this person or that person? We don't know. Maybe, maybe it's true. And there's actually more than likely that, uh, since so many of the people of the world's population uh, are unsaved, that yes, nothing has happened for that person. But it was the same thing before May 21, 2011, when we prayed that God might save them. The likelihood was that they wouldn't be one of God's elect if you're going by odds or if you're going by numbers. Yet, we prayed for them then with hope. We we prayed hoping. And why did we hope? Because God is merciful. God is kind and gracious and good. And he allowed us to come before him to pour out our hearts for these people. And, and the same God, the same God is encouraging us today. Keep praying, keep praying with hope, with hope for, um, many that were not in the churches, keep praying. And even if someone were in the church, God still permits prayer, uh, although it is a, a far more sorrowful situation. Yet we can pray the only prayer the Bible permits that the cup might pass from them. Could it be, O oh Lord, that the cup of your wrath that, that uh, you are um, giving to all those that are in the church in disobedience, for and uh, out of a refusal to hearken to you, to come out, may it be that that cup might pass from them, and we desire the best for them. We desire the wrath of God uh, would would cease from them, if possible. But of course, we we always conclude the prayer, not our will, but Thine be done, knowing the will of God at this time. So it is a a sorrowful situation. But this is what God would have us to do. Continually pray and not faint. Not faint. Now the word faint, the Greek word translated as faint, is Strong's number 1573. And it's found six times in the New Testament. Two times in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Let's turn over to 2 Corinthians 4 and in verse 1 and verse 16. It says in verse 1, Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not. And they they actually do go hand in hand. As someone has received mercy, they will not faint. They They could get near fainting, they could feel like they want to faint. They could think they fainted, but they do not faint. They faint not because God's Spirit will not allow it. He'll not permit it. He'll, as we saw in Romans 8, He Himself will intercede with groanings on their behalf that they not faint, but continually pray. In 2 Corinthians 4 16. Um, It says here, For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. And and uh, for which cause um, the opening statement in verse 16 is referring back to the previous verses where uh, where God uh, is describing uh, the people of God that are bringing the word of God to other elect. And so for which cause? That is, for the task at hand, for the job that God has given us to bring his word, and at this time god has given us a task feed my sheep and we could say for which cause we faint not though our outward man perish yet the inward man is renewed day by day in that uh, in that new resurrected soul god has given us and that spirit that he has placed within us we're renewed and we do not faint well it's also found a third time in ephesians chapter 3 the um uh this word uh 1573 in strong's translated as faint and it says in ephesians 3 verse 13 wherefore i desire that ye faint not at my tribulations for you which is your glory so here god is speaking to the people of God, and he's expressing a desire that you faint not at tribulations, his tribulations, that he has designed for you and for me, which is your glory. Your glory. Now there's um, a verse in Romans where God also mentions glory in tribulation. It's found in Romans chapter 5, and um, it it says, beginning in verse 2, "...by whom also we have access by faith into this grace, wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience." And patience, experience, and experience hope. Tribulations work patience. Remember early on when we came out of the Great Tribulation after May 21, 2011, because on May 21, 2011, the Great Tribulation concluded. We came out of Great Tribulation, and one of the first things we learned was Ye have need of patience, after ye have done the will of God, that ye might receive the promise. That wonderful verse in Hebrews chapter 10. Ye have need of patience. And also we saw in uh, James chapter 1, where there was a, a similar idea expressed. It says in um, James 1 verses 2, um, two through four, my brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into divers temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work. They may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. The trying of faith works patience. Tribulations. Tribulations. Um, as it said there in Romans 5, let me let me go back. I want to make sure I get it right. Romans 5, uh, 3. Uh, um, not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience. So, there we have two statements. The trying of your faith works patience. Tribulations work patience tribulations, work patience, or through tribulation you develop patience. Through the trial of your faith you develop patience. And no wonder God said, in your patience possess ye your souls. Because throughout the great tribulation period it was the trying of the faith of the people of God there was a need of patience, a need of patience. And, and then, as we entered into the post-tribulation period, and, and you know, when we say um, we came out of Great Tribulation, um, that we're in those days after that tribulation, as the Bible does say, the Bible makes both of those statements. It, it almost makes it sound as if there is no more tribulation. Oh, yeah, we we came out of great tribulation, and now we're in the days after the tribulation. Does that mean there is no tribulation? No, far from it. Far from it. The normal course of affairs, and this is why the word is plural. In uh, Ephesians 3.13, I desire that ye faint not at my tribulations for you. Not just one tribulation. It's plural. My tribulation's for you, uh, which is your glory. Don't faint when you go through the normative experience of tribulation, which is a daily thing and always has been for the child of God for the word's sake. R- remember the statement that Jesus made in John 16. In verse 33, these things have I spoken unto you that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. In the world you will have tribulation. Now that's, that's normative. That is the expectation. That's typical of uh, the Christian life in every generation, all throughout time, all God's people have experienced tribulation. And it's for the Word's sake, it's for Christ's sake, it's for God's sake, that uh, the, the world hates God, Satan stirs up people to come against God. Just look at the life of the Apostle Paul. Did he have tribulation? Without any question, he did. Or look at the life of David. Did he experience tribulation? Yes, he did. Or, or any of the people of God. Uh, uh, there is always tribulation, but there was set aside a period of time at the end of the church age when God would begin judging the churches and congregations that he termed great tribulation. Megis great tribulation. It would be a time that God says would be unlike anything previously known. Uh, The Lord makes that statement in Matthew 24, in verse 21, For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. And, and you know, sometimes people have tried to say when uh, we read in Revelation 7 that God saved the great multitude that came out of great tribulation. And they try to say, well, that's just speaking of everyone that God would save all through history. Because Jesus said, in, you, in the world you'll have tribulation. But Jesus did not say, in John sixteen thirty three, in the world you'll have great tribulation. That's a completely different statement. That there's megasthalipsis and, and, and so God in using those two words together, which are only found a handful of times in the Bible, was establishing and setting up the fact that there will be a period of time at the time of the end that would be unlike Previous tribulation, it would be intensified, magnified, increased, and it would be great tribulation. And that's exactly what God did for 23 years, May 21, 1988, through May 21, 2011, an exact 23 years, a complete 8,400 days of great tribulation. And then May 212011 the great tribulation ended and now we're in those days after that tribulation but there there's still since we're in the world there Jesus said in the world ye will have tribulation and and therefore on that basis alone God's people are still experiencing tribulation but more than that we're in a time of Severe testing, where uh, it's the Lord's plan to put his people through the fire. And uh, even though the term, the two words, great tribulation, are not used or applied to this period of time, it it still is uh, full of affliction. And the word tribulation is also uh, translated as affliction. It's It's a time full of tribulation. For the people of God. We read in 2 Thessalonians, in chapter 1, 2 Thessalonians 1, beginning in verse 4, it says, So that we ourselves glory in you, in the churches of God, for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that ye endure. See where patience and faith and enduring come in through tribulations. Remember what God said in Matthew 24, He that endures to the end shall be saved. And it's a sad thing that some people um, failed to endure the great tribulation and they fell away. God opened up a scripture to try and test and 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 to work patience in the people of God. And yet, here and there, there were some not truly saved, and they fell away. And then, at the conclusion of the Great Tribulation, God turned up the heat. And uh, uh, with a scorching uh, heat, the sun began to beat down, spiritually speaking, upon the people of God like never before. And more and more fell away, more and more fell away. They lacked patience. They lacked patience. The tribulation ought to have worked patience in them, but they were never born again. Christ really is the essence of patience. He's the one that causes his people to endure faithfully. And isn't that what patience is? Waiting upon the Lord faithfully enduring sound doctrine not lashing out in anger not uh, running away to the world back to the world or running back to the church God definitely warns against that not running back to former doctrines no patiently we wait on God in confusion in trial in tribulation we don't know, O oh Lord, what you're doing, but we know your word is true and faithful, and you are true and faithful, and so we look to you, and we're going to continue looking to you until you help us, O oh God, and, and show us the, the direction, the step to take, and our next step in front of the other. And, and so God's people... Their patience, they had a need of patience, God worked patience in them as he continued to um, work out his program for the end times. And, and so here the statement is uh, concerning your patience and faith and all your persecutions and tribulations that ye endure. In verse 5, which is a manifest token. Of the righteous judgment of God, that ye may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God, for which ye also suffer. For which ye suffer the kingdom of God. And there's a, a remember uh, what we read in Acts 14 in verse 22, confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith, and that we must, through much tribulation, enter into the kingdom of God. The entrance into the kingdom of God is not; um, uh, it's not an easy thing. Uh, it's not a casual thing. It's not something that that um, you know. Uh, uh, it's a flowery bed of ease, as as that hymn says. Uh, but it is a difficult thing. It's a narrow way. It's not the broad way. You can travel that road very easily. But the narrow way is full of persecutions and afflictions and tribulations. And yet it is the only way in to the kingdom, into eternity future, into the new heaven and new earth. And to be equipped with a new resurrected body is to follow the way that God has set. The way of the kings of the east, the way that uh, traverses upon the dry riverbed or the dry uh, sea as God has dried up the waters of the river Euphrates and God's people cross over into the new heaven and new earth into the promised land. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, Bible Fellowship's webcast audio or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.